Good afternoon, everyone. Hi, my name is Jenny Whitener. I'm CEO of Bridge Innovate, and it is my pleasure to welcome you today to Leaders in the Arena. It's my pleasure to have with us a guest today, Sean Tanner. You're going to hear all about him to talk about digital transformation, some of the tips, tricks, and tools that we all need in today's environment as we work to digitally enable our, our organizations. At Bridge Innovate, we are a global network of business strategists, consultants, and designers that team up with you to make distinctive changes to your organization and enable growth. This podcast is designed to share valuable insights and lessons from our clients and network to share inspiration on your innovation journey. So today, as I mentioned, we are excited to have with us today Sean Tanner. Sean is a technology program management executive, and Sean and I met together on a project we did maybe 10 years ago. It's been so exciting to see all the exciting things that he's doing in his career, his many accomplishment. It's a real treat for us to have him with us today. Sean is currently a principal with Four Ashes Consulting and has also recently spent over 13 years with Sabre Corporation, a major technology enablement company in the marketplace today. So, Sean, welcome. Hi, Jenny. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, help our listeners know a little bit more about you. Well, sure. Uh, first of all, I love to travel. And I guess that then begs the question, where might I be in this picture behind me? Because I took it, Jenny. Where were Where you? Where do you think I am? <laughs> I was in Baga, Spain, a little bitty uh, village on the border of Spain, France, and the small country of Andorra. Uh, and I'd like to share with you, Jenny, since you asked. Um, last Saturday, I passed my certification exam to become a program management professional, a PGMP. Um, from uh, PMI, the Project Management Institute, and uh, I'm very, very excited about that, very proud of that. Well, congratulations. We're excited thank for you. you as well. Today, you know, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your expertise on digital transformation, front and center of every business executive that we talk with about what's the next ge generation of digital transformation for their business. And I thought, you know, for our listeners today, it would be helpful just to start at the beginning. You know, what do you mean by digital transformation and, you know, help us unpack that? Yeah, I had to do my homework and, and kind of remind myself there's a timeline around that, right? And so I just went to the source of all truth and knowledge, and that was Wikipedia. And I asked Wikipedia, what's the definition of a digital transformation? And it, it simply said that it was the process of taking manual business processes and digitizing or automating them. But I had to come to the realization um, that, that that is a definition, probably the definition that I quote grew up with, but I don't think it's the modern definition. And one, one of the things that I did is I, I read a few other definitions, but I like the one I found from McKinsey. And they write that digital transformation is the rewiring of an organization with a goal of creating value by continuously deploying tech at scale. So I, I like this definition because it allows for, for newer scenarios that are more common today. Things like uh, updating your previously digitized business process to include the latest technology, uh, RPA, uh, process automation, uh, artificial intelligence, et cetera. 
Um, it also allows for updating the way that you do business because of changes in market conditions caused by rapid innovation or change, like your competitors also digitizing and catching up with you, and now you need to do, do something else. Uh, it seems the digitization never stops. Uh, McKinsey's right, it's continuous. Or you, you might be an organization that you're, you're, you have a huge technology stack that you've built your business on, and you're updating that because you're putting it in the public or private or some hybrid combination of the cloud. Uh, and that allows, uh, once that transformation is complete, for your organization to focus um, more on development and less on engineering. And just to be clear, engineering, I'm talking about plugging in network wires to pieces of hardware that now a cloud provider manages for you. Um, but the goal of digital transformation uh, should be to build a competitive advantage by continuously deploying tech at scale to improve customer experience and lower costs. This is also from McKinsey. Um, but then my, my input on that is what this means is that the digital transformation is mostly about the customer. It's mostly about people, which is not what most people think of when they hear the word digital. Right, right. So very interesting, great definition. And I love the fact that in your your discussion that you pulled out the continuous nature of digital transformation. Um, you know, a lot of people would say today that that digital infrastructure is now the backbone of, of an organization. Um, some would say, no, the, the technology shouldn't lead, it should follow the process. From your perspective, what are the components of an effective digital transformation? What do people need to think about when they're looking at doing this continuous at scale enablement? That's a really thoughtful question, Jenny. I don't even know if I can do a good job of, of answering it um, as far as whether the technology is the backbone or not. But when I think about the components for what makes for an effective digital transformation, I can say that there are a number of things on my observation uh, that need to be present in order for a digital transformation uh, to be happening. Uh, and one is that there must be a recognition, recognition by the leadership that a digital transformation process is about business transformation. And, and, and I think this is so key because, um, it, well, I'll get, I'll get to this later, but to be brief up front, Look, if you just throw your stuff in the cloud, all your technology, it's in a private data center, now you put it in the cloud, that is not a digital transformation. Uh, but the other thing I would say about this commitment from leadership is there needs to be a commitment to change. It can't just be something that IT folks do and the rest of us don't bother ourselves with. Well, one example of this is when large companies, uh, they put their tech stacks in the cloud they adopt cloud ways of working, modern ways of developing and deploying software. Um, and they move there, or they are enabled to move from a quarterly or twice yearly release of dozens or even hundreds of functionality um, pieces within their software to a model where they can continuously deploy and release new functionality all the time. Wow, that, that's, that's a huge change in their capacity uh, to do things differently. Uh, the other thing I would say is that a company must be, must become a, a continuously learning organization. 
Um, nowadays, you can, you, know, you fill in the blank as a service. <laughs> uh, it, it means it used to be that you had to you had to buy a physical computer and plug it into a physical building with hardware, uh, and somebody had to connect the cables to it, and that's how you made sure that your IT folks had the capacity they needed to deploy your software. That's the environment I grew up in, Jenny. Um, but now you just you go to your computer, you connect to the internet, you connect to your uh, cloud provider's development IDE, uh, uh, and you just spin up a server uh, by just a few command lines. So, so things have changed so much in that area. Um, one of I think one of the most interesting ways that this has changed. Uh, look, and I, I can talk about GCP because I know that that particular uh, stack. I don't know Chat GPT, uh, but the uh, Google stack has deployed their generative AI capabilities, which the public knows as Bard, um, but within the uh, professional side of the Google Cloud stack, it's known as Vertex AI. So the Vertex AI platform for developers went live just, just a few weeks after BARD was made available to the public. What that means is any developer could go in, grab a large language model, train it um, on your company's data, your FAQs for your customer service, and immediately just spin up a, a chat bot. You know, and you saw people doing this, you know, within days, and you're like, how how did that happen? Well, it's because you know, generative AI as a service was enabled within these development platforms. Uh, and then the next thing I would say, number is my point number three, actually, since I'm looking at my notes, is that uh, a company needs a commitment to continually digitize. I'm going back to that McKinsey definition, right, Jenny, that you commented about. It, it must be a commitment, not just to digitize, but to continually rethink and digitize over and over again. And uh, a former colleague of mine, a friend, a guy named Mike Nygaard, wrote a book uh, where he kind of lays the foundation for this. It's called Release It, uh, Design and Deploy Production-Ready Software. Um, and what Mike talks about is this, this new mentality of continually um, being able to look at the software you're developing, think ahead, and, and know if it's production-ready. Um, and the business has to kind of imitate that process of constantly thinking ahead, of knowing um, what it means now that we're cloud native to, to be able to deploy quickly at scale uh, and in a way that rapidly, like we, like we never could before. Um, from an organizational point of view, I know from, from a personal point of view that if you, if you don't do what my, people like Mike is recommending in this book, if you can't deploy code rapidly, um, you can throw everything you want in the cloud and, and you don't benefit one bit. Uh, there's this thing called continuous integration and continuous deployment. It means that you can quickly deploy into a software environment because you've automated your testing, you've automated all the scripts that, that move your software into the environments that need to be automated in. But then I would, I would ask the business this question. If you're no longer waiting on IT to write their stuff, to get it in production, if they say to you now, oh, we can do that in one, two days, or one or two weeks and deploy it next, next week or whatever, um, 
Do you know what you want? Do you know what your customers want? Can you innovate fast enough to keep up with, with the, an IT group that has truly digitized? And that's why I said at the beginning, Jenny, that this must be a, an entire company's process. Because if just the IT group digitizes and goes faster, but customers can't absorb the changes or, or, or product capabilities, you know, um, we don't even know where to go next. Uh, that vision is not there then that business becomes kind of, kind of lopsided. The business needs to lead and, and IT can now innovate at scale. I think it's an interesting point that you talk about that the enablers are there for the digitization to move very rapidly. But mm -hmm. is, has the business, has the organization articulated the vision? I love the fact that you talk, called it that. Whether it's for the employee experience, the product maturation, whether it's for the mm -hmm. customer experience, what's the vision of that next generation? And then how does the organizational yeah. capability come together, the technology, the people, the process, all that, how does it then kind of come together as a beautifully um, tuned orchestra to achieve that vision. And that really leads me to this other part that I wanted you to share some insight around today, which is like, how do you connect in this component of innovation, design, and change so that you get that vision articulated in the innovation component, and then you're mobilizing all the enablers of change so it just doesn't fail. You know, the technology enablement has achieves all the potential that it's set out to do. How do you do that? What's involved? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I think it's the right next question. I mean, I think that's the question that the business leaders in these digitally transforming businesses need to be asking of themselves. Um, so, look, I, I would, uh, first of all, look, I, I want to stay with the basics. Uh, the principles of innovation, uh, even change management, but I'll address innovation first. Uh, they don't change just because your ability to deploy or, or because you've become digitized you know, has changed, um, they're the same. Innovation is about solving a customer pain in a way that creates significant value and differentiation by doing so. It's customer-centric. By definition, it requires change, um, probably on the company's part and probably on the customer's part as too. you know, the company's part to create the value added service or product and the customers uh, need to change in order to consume it or use it in some way. So remember during the pandemic, Airbnb created experiences where nobody could get on a plane, but you could go on a sheep farm tour in um, New Zealand. Uh, you could go on a, you know, a tour of Edinburgh. Uh, there was nobody on the streets, <laughs> uh, but uh, you, could, you could go there. And so that that's, that's a cool example I think about when, when businesses are digitized, can they pivot and do what they need to do quickly when changing their marketplace up and it's changing you can't control sometimes. But when I think about customer centricity, I think about design thinking and you and I have kind of that common heritage. We have an overlap in that area of experience. Um, uh, once you have all these new digital capabilities, it now becomes about strategically selecting the ones that you want to lean into now. Look, I think one of the best ways to do that is to build customer empathy, to understand what your customers, current customers, maybe new customers you can reach now that you're digitized, um, how they think, what their needs and pains are, and how you might meet them. A former colleague of mine, I will pitch uh, his book as well, Brian Sullivan, 
wrote a book uh, called The Design Studio Method. By the way, both of these books I just mentioned are available on Kindle. Um, and it's a systematic approach for building empathy for customers uh, with a team of folks who are empowered then to think about solutions for meeting those needs. Uh, look, the second thing I would say on the innovation and change management question is there, there are multiple kinds of innovation. Um, at the very least, there are things like incremental innovation, just you know, the smallest changes, sometimes in the operations, the way we do things. Uh, so usually it's done at the scrum team uh, level. Uh, sometimes you get innovation at the feature level within that scrum team as well. Other times you get new products or services, and then there are organizational or ecosystem level uh, uh, capabilities or, or innovation. Most people, when they think about innovation, they usually mean the last two, new products or like totally something new that a partnership has brought about that a single company you know, but it uh, couldn't, but an ecosystem could. Uh, I think they think about new products like ChatGPT that was created by, you know, one company, but really empowered in, in, in large part by Microsoft and other large companies in order to do that, or DALL-E, the uh, generative AI tool that allows you to um, command prompt and create images, um, or even robots that vacuum your home. Thank, thank God for those robots. Um, uh, yes, ecosystem innovation. That's <laughs> 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 Ecosystem is some, something a little bit different. Uh, it's when two or three companies come together to build something that one could not plug and play. Uh, Tech Center from uh, Silicon Valley, California, is, is an example of an innovative company that does this type of thing. Corporates and startups meet and they partner. Um, or another example, very practical, you know, it seems electric cars are, are here to stay now this time. And uh, GM has just adopted Tesla's charging station protocols or, you know, the way the, um, these chargers fit into cars um, so that, you know, they can share uh, this charging network all around the world. Um, but look, those two, those two topics truly are innovation, um, but also, those first two things are innovation as well. And continuous integration or continuous deployment that I talked about earlier, it does create the ability for you to, to innovate in ways that you never would have thought of. And it requires then that there's this connection between the people with the vision, the people who are setting um, the roadmap for capabilities to work even closer with, with the people who are building them. And then finally, Jenny, I do want to address your thoughts on change management. Look, at, in the end, it comes down to leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, change management is about leadership. You manage change like a program. Notice the plug there. Um, <laughs> and uh, you need to measure it with KPIs, and you need to align it with your strategic vision and strategic objectives. Change management is, is a program. Yeah, I really like how you – have this very broad perspective around innovation. I think often people try to put it in one box or the other. And in fact, it's this breadth of the incremental to the ecosystem level that really we all need to support to get the organization to where it needs to be in the future state. 
And then my favorite call out of all time is change management comes down to leadership. I cannot tell you how many times we get calls from clients where they'll say, we need more change management. And I said, well, let's talk about your leadership, right? <laughs> okay, there you go. And they're like, no, no, no. Can you just send me a toolkit or some vitamins you can distribute around here or something like that? And I'm like, <laughs> vitamins. Yeah, you know, good. it's just, there are no it, magic wands for that, right? It really does start with leadership. So really great call out there. You know, anytime you go through this level of transformation, um, digital enabled transformation to support that future vision um, and all the innovation that you have just articulated, there come risks with that. I know we're getting close on time, but could you talk a little bit more about how to manage risk with this large scale of transformation? Yeah, yeah, look, I can talk about this in, in a short amount of time because Eric Reyes in his book, The Lean Startup, has done such a great job of talking about he how he manages risk. Now, contextually, Reyes is talking about startups, but I think this principle applies to almost everything. The way that he manages risks for startups and not spending more money than you have or you know, getting yourself into a bunch of debt and having a product that doesn't work is you start in small increments. You build in small increments. You build in a way that you can show to a user or a customer the value you think is there, and then you get their feedback. Maybe it's a product they can use. Maybe it's a product they can partially use, but you get an actual user's feedback. Small increment, feedback, learn. You either stick with it, build more on it, or you pivot and do something different. You manage risk by getting quick customer feedback and by being willing to change if necessary. I love the fact you're calling out a real customer, right? It's not the developers, you know, or it's not the right. back office. The um, user, yeah. Yes, the user, absolutely. Okay, so when it all comes down to it, you know, what do you do to enable change so the transformation is successful? What are the keys to keep in mind so that all of this activity results in the success you're looking for? Yeah, look, I think that leadership has to tell people it's, it's okay to change. It's okay to lead within your area as this change happens and that we don't have all the answers up front. Uh, so what that means is the people who are responsible for managing the change, the ones I mentioned earlier <laughs> that wanted the vitamins instead, um, they're not going to know all the answers. That They don't know everything. No, nobody can. So what you have to do is build an organizational muscle to listen, digest what's happening, and adapt to that change. Uh, so this is something like what you'll find in the Scrum Agile environment. Uh, they have created um, an organizational, or in many cases, a Scrum team level place where folks can learn. Books like Large Scale Scrum by Larman, Craig, Bodie, and Bass talk about these kinds of things. And there's a chapter, chapter 14, within that book that talks about review and retrospective. And in that chapter, they instantiate the practice of constantly stopping to look at what's happened in the past few weeks, learn from it, document it, and make changes as a result of that. That would have to be scaled to an entire company, and it doesn't look the same at the company level, but it would at the scrum team level, Jenny. But what, I'm, what I recommend is for your change management plan to be successful is that you must have an organizational way of stopping, 
analyzing and documenting your learning and and absorbing and changing as a result of them. You right. can't think that you know it all up front. You've got to learn as you go. I mean, you've you know, really articulated just a continuous iteration, that continuous mm -hmm. learn, iterate, pivot, adapt, change, a cycle that I think oftentimes people think it's a one and done, but it's not. It's right. just like you're talking right. about with continuous digital transformation. It's a continuous iterative process to really achieve the greatest outcome with that implementation. It's been so great to hear all these lessons today from you. That's a treat. We don't get an opportunity to hear someone with your level of experience often, Sean. But as we finish up our discussion today, I know we spent most of our time talking about digital transformation. Is there some advice that you would give to leaders in the arena? This is a question we ask all of our guests. You know, you're in the arena trying to make change happen, major scale of digital transformation happening for big corporations, significant entities. As a leader in the arena, what is one piece of advice that you would share to other leaders? Uh, thanks, for the, thanks for that question. Uh, look, I think you have to read and, and keep up with what's going on because there are so many moving parts that just, if you don't read, you won't be informed of the context. And also despite the context, it's about knowing your customer, your vision, your company's vision, and where you, you want to go, and staying focused on those things during whatever digital change or transformation that you, you need to go through. So being a continuous learner, having that growth mindset, and really um, challenging yourself to do that, and keeping that vision front and center, wonderful bits of advice. Thank you so much, Sean Tanner, for joining us today. If others want to reach out to you with more specific questions or keep in touch, what would you suggest? How can they reach you? You are welcome to publish my email in the chat. I think Steph has that, uh, Jenny, and they are welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. As a principal, I do not decline connections on LinkedIn as long as they tell me where, you know, how they met me or how they know me. Right. So just add a note and say that you saw me on the bridge. Okay. Right. Well, thank you again so much for today. We appreciate you being here and wish you great travels ahead to your next adventure. When I talk to you again, I want to see the next backdrop. I'm sure it won't be Spain. It'll be some new extraordinary place that you've hit. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for all the wisdom. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Leaders in the Arena. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts or subscribe to Bridge Innovate on YouTube to be notified when new episodes release. We also ask that you share this episode with anyone else who'd be interested in hearing from these leaders. Leaders in the Arena is hosted by Bridge Innovate. Learn more about us at bridgeinnovate.com. And while you're there, register to join an upcoming live recording to the podcast for free. See you next time and stay innovative.